Welcome to the Hoops and Huddle podcast. I am Malika Walker, and he is... I'm Brandon. Thank y'all for joining. Man, Malika, I'm glad to be here. Uh, we're starting a new journey here. How, how are you? I'm excited um, about our new journey, about talking about sports, talking about hot topics, talking about what we want to talk about um, on our podcast, Hoops okay. and Huddle. We're going to discuss the latest and or we're going to rewind to rewind to the past and talk about some of the history talk about whatever we want to talk about regarding hoops and football and everything in between uh but today we are speaking with melody daniels who is a physical therapist that works with youth uh she has a doctorate in physical therapy um, from usc she is a co-owner of the olympia physical therapy and performance practice out in California. And I'm looking forward to speaking with her because a topic that's come up um, recently is, is AAU being used as a scapegoat for load management. And I thought it would be perfect to speak with someone who's worked with youth and injuries and get a handle on what she deals with in, in that world. And also talk to her about some of the conversations she has with with athletes and how they these young athletes handle their mental um on the court or field or or whatever sport they're in at their age as well as how they deal with injuries and how does she feel does she feel that injuries or wear and tear on the legs and knees and youth um youth sports impact players on a professional level and is the cause of some of these injuries, increased injuries we're seeing, we're going to get into and have a conversation. Wow, I love so, it. I love it. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this convo. Thanks for joining us and checking this out. And let's get on. Let's get on. Let's, let's get on. She's here. Let's, 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 let's get into this conversation. Let's roll. That's cool. Hi, how are you, Melody? Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Oh, I'm good. How are you guys? Oh, we're oh, doing, doing great. great. Um, you are our first guest on our new podcast. So, oh my gosh. Um, wow. Yeah, you're yeah, 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 our first guest. Um, we've been doing uh spaces on Twitter and we decided to take our uh program to podcast to the podcast world and okay. I've been exploring AAU um and on, on spaces. I just had a space that was extremely well attended and listened to. And I wanted to continue that conversation because when I saw, when we saw um, the report about this AAU being the driver of load management being the main cause, really it means youth basketball because it's not just AAU that's youth basketball, there's other leagues. I just was I was wondering, are they using, is AAU being used as a scapegoat? Like, it's, it, is this really leading to the injuries we have today? Like, Zion's going to be out two more weeks. It was announced today. So I was wondering, I wanted to speak to someone who works with youth and um, understands the injuries that uh, happen to their bodies. But before we get into that, we did mention who you were and your background, but did you want to give you know, introduce yourself a little or in your own words to people? 
Sure. Yeah. Well, um, thank you guys for having me on. Um, my name is Melody. I own a physical therapy practice and um, my practice is physical therapy and rehab, but we also do a lot of the performance side. Um, I chose to go that route because, you know, before I started physical therapy, um, I went to USC for PT. So before I moved to LA, I actually was doing a lot of performance based uh, stuff. So I was working as a strength and conditioning coach at Point Loma Nazarene. Um, so I was kind of working at the college level. Um, and then after that, you know, I got into PT and I found myself kind of like through all my connections, I ended up with working, um, with youth basketball through, um, Jordan training camps and, um, all these different things. And so I kind of just ended up working in basketball. You know, I played myself up until high school. Um, so that's kind of like my experience there. You know, I played a little bit of rec, but um, I just kind of wound up working with a lot of basketball players and I love it. So um, I do a lot of load management. You know, I work with a lot of parents and families that um, have their kids in AAU teams. So um, very familiar, have a couple NBA folks that I've worked with in the past, but definitely uh, youth basketball is where I spend a lot of my time. And when it comes to youth, uh, what's the difference or what exactly is performance in comparison to physical therapy like what, what does that actually mean hmm. um so for physical therapy it's more of like rehab injury prevention so you know my folks who already have a either diagnosed injury or an injury or ailment that they're kind of dealing with you know mm -hmm. if it's like a nagging hamstring or um, a history of ankle sprains or something like that we're seeing them in the clinic for physical therapy and rehab so mm -hmm. we're trying to get them from that injury back to um, just being able to play the sport period um, performance is kind of the next level so I'm like okay you know I have someone who has been rehabbing this injury now we take that injury and how can we help them not only keep that injury down, you know, so that they don't continue to be injured, but um, reach their highest level of physical performance, you know, uh, basketball, for example, increasing verticals, um, just skill specific stuff. Are they able to access their skill? I see a lot of folks in basketball who have um, tight hips. And so they're not really getting low enough on defense. They're not using all the muscles they need to be explosive when they go catch a rebound. Um, you know, they're not able to dunk and it's because of stuff like that. So I kind of take them through the whole spectrum of rehabbing their injury and then trying to get them back to some type of increase in performance, whatever that looks like. Gotcha. Nice, nice, nice. Cool. I, I, really I appreciate, I, oh, you want to go ahead? Sorry about that. No, go ahead. Um, appreciate you for sharing that insight. Um, Zion Williamson had issues with his legs as a teenager um, mm -hmm. in youth basketball. Um, there was an article recently where he was getting some treatment when he was like, what, 15, 16 years old. Um, and okay. is you, in looking at him now, could his present injury issues be avoided with his usage in the youth basketball circuit? You know, is, is there some other way, um, is there some way like a parent can ensure their child's wear and tear on their legs isn't something they will have to worry about later? Or could a you could his youth basketball pass be partially the you know what what's leading to some of his injuries now like the wear and tear he has on his legs? Yeah, um, I think high volume is where we're seeing most of our injuries. So you can have someone who's playing an AAU team. You can have someone who is um, playing a variety of 
different things. Um, you can have someone who is running track a bunch, you know, there can be a variety of different reasons folks are getting injured. I think um, high volume is the biggest reason why our folks who are playing high amounts of basketball are getting injured. So to answer your question, um, yes, AAU could potentially be the reason why. Um, do I think it's the reason why? You know, the jig is up on that. I think um, if I was a parent and I was kind of in that position, I would be thinking, you know, especially when it comes to load management and just trying to make sure that my athlete is or my son is healthy for um, a long amount of time, you want to really consider all the factors. So when we're looking at load management, we're not just looking at, you know, are they playing a bunch of AAU, but we're looking at that's more of like an extrinsic load. So that's like the amount of volume, the amount of reps, um they're doing during training you know that's like the extrinsic stuff but we also look at the intrinsic stuff which is how are they responding to this load um, because someone like zion who is a very high performer right might respond to high amounts of load very differently than someone else and so we can't say generally across the board that because zion played in aau sorry that's my puppy in the background um <laughs> he might have a cat in my background so yeah i was trying to quiet him down i was like okay i have 15 minutes to calm him down <laughs> um what what was i saying yeah i mean we can't we can't really make a generality because everyone's body is going to respond differently um i do think zion is a very great athlete and i think maybe his body is trained to a point where he's able to manage that high amount of load um so are we able to say that it's from the high amounts of AAU? I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I wondered that as well. Uh, but then I thought about the alternative. Uh, what would you say is the biggest, I'm a, I'm a parent, or maybe I'm a young athlete, elite athlete. Visions of going to the league, call it the NFL, NBA, whatever. But I am a, a high performer. Mm -hmm. What are the biggest pros and cons that I should be considering when I'm thinking about the AAU commitment or youth basketball outside of high school and or college? Mm -hmm. I love that question. Um, that's a great question. And you know, when I was when I was playing basketball, I actually found that playing AAU or youth basketball outside of my high school team um, helped me a lot with my confidence. It helped me a lot with my skill. Um, you know, helped me avoid the politics of what you can find, unfortunately, at high school basketball. You know, there's a lot of athletes who are great athletes, but because of the politics of their team, they're not playing the minutes that they need to get their flow state, to get their confidence up, to really get that reps, the amount of reps that they need to be great players. And so I think AAU is really great because it offers that, right? You can find a team that will help you kind of work on what you need, whether it's more playing time, whether it's higher skill. Um, and so I think it's very beneficial. And I know for me, AAU was the time I was actually able to get better. Um, and so I highly encourage, you know, continued practice and continued play. Um, however, we do know when it comes to injury that high amounts of repetition, repetition, especially with our youth, um, will lead to injury. It just kind of is what it is. Um, so if you have a kid that's playing basketball year round and they're having injuries come up, you know, we have to really consider how much they're playing and you can have your kid on AAU team and just try to think about, you know, every game that he plays, is this the game that's really going to influence his career? If not, and you have him um, starting to feel this pain, the 
these aches, these injuries, maybe he sits out the game, you know, really think about um, the team. And I think parents should recognize you don't have to have your kid playing every game, even if they are playing on an AAU team. Um, I think that's one thing. And then the next thing I would recommend is um, just mixing things up. So have your kids doing active recovery. Um, active recovery can be things like playing a different sport. Um, put them on the track team while they're playing AAU. Um, have them rock climbing, hiking, things to get their body out of different patterns. It's really the consistent patterns of basketball um, mm. that are just causing the overuse and the repetition um, on the joints and on the muscles that will lead to injury. So. There's a lot of ways you can look at it. Like I was talking about earlier with intrinsic and extrinsic load. Um, are we monitoring their overall health? Are they adapting to the training well? You know, all those factors have to be considered. Makes sense, makes sense. That's cool. Um, it's the repetition. It's like having someone go and for a whole week straight, they jump on one foot. That mm -hmm. foot after that whole week straight is gonna be upset. <laughs> you know, like it's yeah. kind of that simple. And if you take that foot and then you walk around, you step over curbs, you do all this different things, right? We're not really seeing foot injuries because of that. And so it's a similar thing. I think athletes are gonna be athletes. And so if your son or your daughter is gonna be being athletic anyways, I think you might as well um, have them mix it up a little bit, you know, make sure they're keeping up the skill of the main sport. But I think there's value to them kind of getting out of that consistent movement pattern and doing something um, different. And, um, you know, when it's calculated, it can be seen as training. You know, I see like football teams put their athletes in track all the time to help with their sprinting. Right. Mm -hmm. so kind of get them out of that like football pattern that they're used to. But, you know, that track training that they're doing is going to help a lot with their football. Um, same thing with basketball. So if you do it calculated, it, I think it can be a very helpful way to increase performance, but also um, help with injury. Interesting. What advice would you and I'm sorry, I think I jumped. No, go ahead. <laughs> I go just ahead. all of a sudden another question pop up. What is I'm thinking about parents and um and what advice would you give a parent to say if their child, you know, has a serious injury and they're like, man, I don't know if this is for my son. I'm, I'm pulling, or my daughter, I'm pulling them out. Um, I know this is something she really wants, but you know, like injuries like this scare me. Like if, you know, like what would you say to that mother that he's, a, or they ask, what do you think? Like, have you ever had that question? And if so, like, how did, did you speak with that parent about that concern? Yeah, um, definitely had that question before. And it. I think it depends on the injury. You know, if you get like a football player who has a cervical fracture, then we're thinking, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe we need to think about some stuff. You know what I mean? But if it's like an ankle sprain or an ACL tear, we do see folks come back from that. So um, I think it's all about perspective, you know, really looking at where the athletes at in their career. You know, if he's a freshman with an ACL tear, he's fine. He'll get, he'll rehab his injury. Um, he or she, you know, will be back to playing and can still go to college if they would like to do that. Um, 
you know, there's great ACL rehab out there. If it's an ankle sprain, you know, I would just be talking to them about what is leading to that injury um, in the first place. And we have to talk about everything. Like we talked about, you know, what is the load that they're putting on the foot? Um, how are they recovering? That's a lot of it. You know, are they doing what they need to do outside of the sport to make sure they are okay to play? And it's not just, you know, foam rolling or icing or whatever, you know, are they getting enough sleep? Um, is their mental health okay? You know, are they able to juggle school with basketball? That's the biggest thing I talk about with my athletes is, you know, are is your mental okay? Because going back to Zion, you know, like he's physically in really great shape and able to handle the load. Um, you know, so I would be thinking, what are the other factors? You know, is he mentally able to handle the amount of stress? Because we know that high cortisol levels can lead to high feelings of stress and high feelings of stress can decrease performance. And so when the body's under that much stress, then they're at a higher risk for injury. And so if I have someone who's like, you know, I'm not sure if this injury is something I can move forward from, my first conversation would be to really dive in and see, you know, how are you recovering? One, what is the injury and what is the rehab process going to look like? And then two, you know, how is the quality of life of your kiddo? Do they really get a lot out of basketball? And is this something that has been really helpful for them? If so, I think we should rehab the injury and keep going. Um, but, you know, if they're not really committed and it's not really like important to them, then that's another conversation, you know? So just so, so as a trainer, not the parent, but as a trainer, or you're a part of, let's say, one of these AU teams or one of these development camps. What are some of the signals that indicates there might be some more emotional factors or mental health factors hmm. outside of injury? Let's say there are no injuries. Let's just assume we're not talking about ACLs, MCLs, elbows, backs, necks. We're talking about up here. What are you looking for for, let's say, 14 to 18 year old? Okay. What are some of the things you're going to say, hey, there's something here that could be more of an issue down the line? Yeah, um, that's a great question. And, you know, I'm not a mental health expert by no means, but, you know, right, I right, think right. I think knowing your athlete is important and developing okay. a good relationship with them. Um, I'm very fortunate where I, you know, am able to develop kind of like a family relationship. I work with a couple different teams specifically. Mm -hmm. You know, I go to their practices, um, I go to their games. And so I know not only what they look like in the clinic, but what they look like when they play. Um, I talk to them about, you know, what are they doing outside of sport to have fun? Mm -hmm. uh, I really get to know, you know, how they feel like school is going, all that stuff. So when I'm either at a camp or watching them play or watching them practice and things are off, I have a sense of it because I've really developed, <clears throat> excuse me, I've developed a relationship with them. Um, okay. And so when you have that relationship, it's just kind of like when your daughter walks in and she's like, oh, you know, my day was okay. You're like, was it though? You know, like, <laughs> our, and so like when they come into the clinic and they're like, yeah, you know, practice was fine. I'm like, Cause that's, I mean, 14, 18, that's what they sound like. Oh, you know, I'm like, it was okay. Mm -hmm. Exercises are fine or whatever. You're like, okay, mm -hmm. what else is going on? You know, cause usually that's not how they act or, mm -hmm. um, so I try to be very observative, observative. I think that's the word. Observative. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Observant. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. I try to observe, um, mm -hmm. and you know, based on who they are, if I notice things are off, 
um, I try to check in and then if they disclose something to me, they're like, hey, you know, this is going on at home or this is the reason why I try to encourage um, them to talk to someone about it because that can play a big role in performance. Um, you know, I've seen athletes who are having stuff go on at home and um, on the court, they just look like they're kind of like not really present. You know, you've seen those basketball players, especially kiddos that are kind of just like in a daze as they play. And like, maybe they don't always play that way. Um, and it's because they're just so stressed out on the court because they have so much going on and they just want to be perfect. And, you know, there's a lot of different things, but I think knowing your athlete helps with that. And that could be a interesting blind spot for AU teams, I, I would think. Because when we think AU, we think, who's the top five? Who's the I mean, All-American? Yeah, Who is the levels, the these guys? levels. But there's all of that. 12 guys on the team. Mm -hmm. And what do we think? How are we paying attention to guys six through 12? Yeah. Because we know that we pay attention to one through six, that one through five. Like, how do we pay attention to six through 12? And I could easily see coaches overlooking those players yeah. and then getting into that position and find them in your office. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's very hard to be a player that is coming off the bench in a high performing mm -hmm. AAU team, you know, because you get one minute to essentially like be the best and show your coach that yeah. you're playing. And, you know, it's yeah. very stressful. You don't get any time to be in the flow state. Um, yeah. It's it's challenging. And so, you know, especially if you have other things going on, it can be hard. So yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's just a matter of developing that relationship. Okay. okay. It's interesting because the way you're describing that part of it, I think about professionals and how how hard it is for them to some of them to come off the bench, like you know, like um, you know, professional basketball players or even college, you know, as a youth, you know, to have yourself mentally conditioned. Okay, my contribution is off the bench here, maybe in their high school or or in another program. And sometimes it could be four or five different games. Maybe in a game earlier, he was starting. And then now on this team, on this game, he's coming off the bench. Just the mental and physical wherewithal to 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 move between those worlds is definitely interesting um, in, in practice. Have you ever like spoken to an athlete or um, a parent about moving between those worlds? and Or is that not something you really have to really speak to someone about while you're working on them for therapy? Yeah, I, um, I have had those conversations. Um, you know, I, I try not to place my opinion. Yeah. Um, you know, I try, I try to stay in my lane because, mm -hmm. you know, I think that's really important. And I think, um, I, I encourage athletes to learn how to find their voice and when they're in those situations to speak up um and have those conversations themselves not lean on their parents and um all that um however you know i will say i have had a couple athletes that have kind of been in that position where on one team they're like flourishing they're starting they're great then on the next team and it goes down to politics like i was saying earlier um there's politics but then there's just like you know maybe there's a better player on the team that's just playing more and that's just how it is um so I have had those conversations. Um, you know, I just, I always just encourage athletes to um, just try to keep their head up and mm -hmm. uh, mentally just recognize their role on whatever team they're playing and try to find the most value out of that role. You know, if they're coming off the bench, really try to work hard to, um, 
do what they can. And I think the biggest issue we're seeing is especially in the youth, you know, they're still trying to understand their identity. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of what they see, especially those kiddos who are playing on AAU teams and then playing in high school. So they're playing basketball year round. Um, and again, I'm not a mental health expert, but you know, one mm-hmm. thing I do think is just my personal opinion. I think um, kids are kind of starting to place their identity hand in hand with uh, their sport. And so the minute they're successful in their sport, you know, they feel great. They're doing great as a human. But then the minute they're not doing six things that are successful, uh, that dips. And so it's kind of like their identity and their sense of self-worth rise and falls with how well their basketball career is going. And so the conversation I do have is, hey, look, I know that basketball is great. I know you love it. Um, but try to recognize that the reason you play basketball is because you're an athlete and, you know, you can take that character trait of yours that is your identity and place it anywhere else and still be successful. So don't think that just because you had a bad game or just because you're not playing the minutes you want to play that you as a person aren't, um, good. Because I think the minute you start to let that feeling penetrate you, that's when we're seeing players who are having a hard time going from team to team and performing at the same level is because they get to this other team and all of a sudden that sense of self-worth drops because they're not playing the minutes. And then it goes up the minute that they're playing more. And so learning to dissociate those two, um, kind of that identity and then like what you do as different, I think um, is helpful. But at a young age, it's really hard to um, do that or understand it. Yeah, I, awesome. could, I could imagine. Really appreciate your, your insight. I was wondering, you know, as you know, your final question, um, if we could, if you can talk about, um, one of your more, one, a per a young person you work with that was a challenging case and they overcame and, and, and just what that process, uh, what was the injury? Um, yeah. You know, how long was the rehab? Was it was the therapy? And you know, like, did they continue to to play the sport that they were playing? The most challenging case. Um, that's a good question. I, you know, I've had. I can't pinpoint one um or one that comes to mind yeah um i think i i'm seeing a lot of patients in the clinic for knees and hips um mm-hmm. and you know i have seen kiddos come in in the past you have um it's called femoral antiversion so essentially what it means is that your hips um are born, it's like congenital, are born kind of in like an internally rotated position, more so than the average uh, person. So um, essentially your toes, like if you were to take your feet and kind of relate them to their hips, your hips are sitting like this. Yeah. And so you don't look like this, like your legs look fine, but this is just what's happening at your hip is that your hip is just more More inverted. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, and that's just something we can't fix. Um, let me know if the dog gets too loud. I can. No, no, okay. <laughs> um, this is this is first day being on a podcast, so he's also. You know, <laughs> he's in it too. He's like, we yeah. got it going, mommy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, 
So that's something we can't change, right? Because it's, uh, it has to do with how their hips were formed and positioned. And so um, that can be very challenging because if you have someone who um, isn't absorbing shock well, you have someone who is overusing their quads or anything that's going on because of the pre-position of their hips, they're already putting more stress on the hip, right? And so um, in those athletes, we have to train them to be like even stronger in external rotation um, so that they can support their hips even more. And so I have seen athletes who have that. I wouldn't say that's like a huge uh, worrisome case, um, but I think when someone tells you like that you can't change what you have going on mentally, it can be very challenging to get over because you think, you know, like this is going to be here forever. How am I going to get better? Um, so I try to educate my athletes really well and just so they know exactly what's going on with their body. The minute they feel irritated, exactly what they need to do. Um, so, for example, I had a basketball player who had this and um, it made it very challenging for him to um, jump because he was getting a lot of hip pain. Also, his hip mobility was like very minimal um, because of this. And so he wasn't really able to access the skill he needed to be athletic. Um, and he was fine. You know, we worked a lot on hip mobility. We worked on hip stability to, um, help offload his hips a little bit more. Uh, we worked on tissue tolerance, you know, so I always think of the example of running a mile a day. Um, I had another athlete who did that, just ran a mile a day for a month, then the next month, two miles, the next month, three miles. Sure enough, she got back to a point where she was running ultra marathons, no problem. Um, so tissue tolerance is important, slowly working them up to a point where um, they're able to handle the load. And so we did that with him and he's fine. Doing okay. Mm. That is so this is, I this love is what interesting. you do, right? I love, I love <laughs> the work that you do and in in working with children that are facing, um, that need therapy, that are athletes, that are, that are looking um to looking to adjust and they, these are young people so you have to talk to them too because you did they're dealing with the mental of being youth in addition to we're not dealing with adults here and then you're dealing with young people with dreams and hopes and um it's like they come to you and you you know you help them you know get to where they need to go Melly, i appreciate you so much for being yeah. On first podcast for being yeah. our first conversation for dropping some knowledge on us um and really appreciate your insight this evening um we'll be also having a space on this topic on on twitter i'll give you the info on that but how do people find you where can they find you yeah they can follow me i'm at melody daniels on instagram uh, Melody is spelled with an IE at the end. Um, my business is Olympia, so it's O L Y Performance. Um, that is our business Instagram. Um, and so they can find me there. Um, we're also on Twitter as Olympia Partners. It's like three different handles. I can send it to you. Um, but one of them is a nonprofit that we're working to build. So um, we're hoping to build a nonprofit to kind of increase access and support in this journey um for athletes so yeah you can find me there and we'll make sure we Thank include you. your your handles um when we share this particular episode so thank you so much for being here and you yeah. can, you enjoy the thank rest you. of your evening really appreciate it thank you thank guys you. it was a pleasure i appreciate it uh, it was a pleasure meeting you as well thank you you're welcome have a great one all right
Bye. You too. Wow, that was. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I she brought a lot that I did not think about in that conversation. Uh, I'm so glad. And, and y'all check out uh, a lot of what Melody was talking about. Melody Daniels, again, that's who we had on speaking to us about physical injury, therapy, injury, injury yeah. impact to kids, and what that means. Like. It, it's a lot there, especially if you're a parent and you have a young kid getting into sports, interested in sports. Uh, she had some great insight uh, about things to consider uh, and things to look out for uh, when you're when your loved one, your kid, your child, your cousin, niece, nephew, whatever is playing the game. Uh, but what's the? I want to know, Malika, what stood out to you the most around what she said? I really, it was really great to hear the resilience of young athletes, of of them maintaining their mental health while also going through some of these injuries and and and, and seeking counsel of her counsel and some things dealing with the mental aspect as well. So I really got because when you think about it, we're talking about young people, and it was I felt it was very impactful to hear that side of things we all often you know when we're talking about aau and its impact on quote-unquote load management it really had and in this conversation we took a step back and looked at the look at the kids and how they handle injuries that's really what we got into the main topic got us into talking about how children youth athletes handle injuries and i felt like that's the main message. They're resilient, and um, and and thank you to the youth and their parents and support systems for helping these youth athletes. That's really what we discussed today, and um, it was an enlightening conversation. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, as a when I was a kid growing up playing ball, and I played multiple sports. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not. It's not an if. It's a when. Not an if you get hurt. You're mm -hmm. going to get hurt. You're going to get hurt. How, how yep. do you handle it? Yeah. And mm -hmm. hearing the knowledge that she brings to kids, like, I don't know anyone like her when I was a kid, when I was playing. So the fact that she exists and her community, her discipline her exists. Passion. Yeah. yeah. Like, that is big time. Because when we talk about AU, and those are, you know, those are more of the elite level of youth sports. Yes. It's not, we're not just teaching guys, hey, here's what a basketball is. Here's what a tennis ball is. Here's what a foot. No, they're really skilled and talented players. The difference is how they handle their mental. And that's where. And that was, that was a powerful um, conversation. Yeah. But coming up, you know, we have some, I'm really excited that this is a great start for us. Um, yeah. Next episode, we're going to talk more about um, youth sports, um, speaking with a skill developer um, that works with the everyone from the youth to the pros. So, you know, he has a full gamut of knowledge and information to share with us and in, in our audience. And I'm looking forward to that. And we have some other things coming down the line, um, March Madness and other things. So definitely check out Hoops and huddle um we will be back each week with a new episode so um check us out and uh, we're excited to bring this spring up bring it to you every week all right well until next time thank y'all for riding with us this is hoops and huddle 
Malika and Brandon, we're out.